Hello guys, welcome back to uh, another Fit Marketing Podcast. It's been uh, a couple of weeks. This time, uh, it's the first time I've had a guest on. Uh, I'm really excited to welcome Alex, who's, um, whose brand is Project Sparks. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself and what he does now quickly. And then what we're going to do is go into uh, a few of your questions that you've been asking and just have a conversation from two different camps. So yeah, Alex, off for you, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me, firstly. Um, I mean, I'm Alex. Uh, I'm purely an online coach. Um, I don't do any one-to-one at the moment. Um, my main kind of niche is uh, body composition and fat loss. So that's mainly muscle gain and fat loss. So I deal with it. Well, all of my clients come to me wanting to either gain muscle or lose weight. Um, I'm primarily in the natural market. So being a natural myself, I don't take on many assisted athletes and so on. So that's my area. Um, pretty new to the game. I mean, I've been sat on it for a because uh, I just wanted to make sure that what I was putting out was good enough. And I mean, it took a lot to pluck up my courage to actually finally do it. I mean, that's the biggest step. So here I am today. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, like I say, Alex, from my point of view, uh, so you, like you say, you do the kind of the body composition, stuff like that, whereas I'm more functional. So we thought that this would be great to get kind of uh, both camps on that. Obviously, a lot of the principles are exactly the same, but it's just, it's nice to have, you know two different sides which is good um, yeah exactly yeah so yeah the first question um i'll let you kick it off i've got some i know what i want to say on this one uh but what would you say to someone that is thinking about or is currently taking steroids uh as part of their fitness journey um first off like i'm not everyone is entitled to their own decisions i've got you've got to make that clear i'm not here to judge anyone i'm sure you're the same i mean I know people that take steroids. I don't badmouth them. I don't. I don't really mind if I'm honest, because um, it's an obvious thing in the industry. I mean, it goes on. Every, it's kind of the underbelly that happens in our industry. No one really wants to talk about it. It's getting a bit better, um, which I think is a better route to take. But if a client was on steroids or was thinking about it, you have to think about like your motivations to why you want to take these compounds that are not natural to your body, because what it boils down to is kind of is it going to change your life other than what people think of you and what and are you going to make more money from taking them that's what i normally boil it down to if you're an ifbb pro and your job is to be the biggest and the most pilled version of yourself i would have no if your family is dependent on you being in that condition i do not mind but if you are just a 19-year-old guy who's been going to the gym for four months and hasn't seen their biceps grow enough, that's where I get – that is where my only niggle comes in because I see it a lot. People think they need the kind of special supplements before they've put in the years of graft. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I know you can do it safely and there is ways that you can do it safely, but – is an exogenous compound you are taking something that is supernatural and there will be repercussions from that and the issue is that lots of people come from a very uneducated standpoint on it um they are going off the grounds of oh my mate's taken it so i can take it yeah they've got no baselines they don't know where they're going they don't know where to start so they're just basing everything off of kind of the bro science approach which is really quite dangerous because Again, it's not you're not meant to have that much, say, for example, testosterone in your body. 
And right now you may think, oh, four months of gym, gym is my life. But in 10, 15 years time, when your natural testosterone is absolutely ruined and you want to have kids, you're going to be thinking, what have I actually done to myself? So I think you've got, you've got to have a training experience. You need to have an education of what you're doing or what you're going to be doing or your route out of what you're going to be doing. I mean, get a good coach if you're thinking, because there is coaches that are very good at pharmaceutical knowledge. I mean, I'm not one of them and I'm not saying I am. I mean, I did have one client who was taking steroids and I literally said to him, I was like, I I want nothing to do with this because it's a big responsibility for me that I'm not confident in my ability to advise someone on these things. That's just, that's my stance on it. I mean, I don't mind it for me, my own personal journey. I mean, I think everyone who goes to the gym has thought about steroids. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, can you relate to that? I mean, oh yeah, 100%. you see these guys walking around who are absolutely huge and, and you think to yourself, I've been working harder than them and for longer than them. Is it my time to kind of go to the dark side? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want to see what I can do naturally. I mean, I'm quite a big bloke, but I'm not the biggest I could be, I don't think. So until I've rinsed that... Um, I would never change. I mean, that's why I think I've started Project Sparks as opposed to kind of just a page about myself, about how I look. So I'm trying to create a brand before I create the image of myself. So I don't have to be the most shredded person all year round because people are coming to me for my coaching capabilities, not just, oh, you've got abs all the time. You can give me a meal plan that's going to get me abs. That's not what I want. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah, so like, yeah, like you say, I'm I'm pretty even with you on that. So the point you said there about like 19 year old kid um, just started training, like I oh yeah, I I want to take steroids to get massive that kind of stuff. I was lit- when I basically when I first went to uni and started training properly at uh, 18. <coughs> um some of the guys i live with they were all they, they weren't on steroids they were all just naturally big blokes and i was very very small at an 80 like i just could not put on any kind of size so <laughs> yeah like that that thought process came to me 18 19 20 like i loved i loved training but it was like i can't eat enough to get as big as i want so like that thought process yeah. came through then yeah um, i mean that's just yeah that's it's a tough one that's, i think it's that's just a lot a of starts just, I think that's how a lot of it starts, like that, at that kind of age where you just you just want to get it's big. Born out of the insecurities, I think. I think the insecurities have been left behind by your peers, and re- the realization is that probably someone in your peer group when you're that age will do it. Yeah, and you'll be jealous of that, and that jealousy fuels your thought process. Because I know when I was in school, I was more of a sports person back then. So I wasn't really interested in bodybuilding. And I, and one of my friends did go on just, just an oral. So it's probably not going to do much. But he was massive. And everyone was like, oh, he's so much bigger than you. And he's been training for two months. And I can remember that to this day. And obviously now he just doesn't train at all. And just literally has just wasted all that experience yeah. and that time. So, yeah, that proves my point, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not saying anything. But, yeah, that proves it exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah. I won't name his name. <laughs> no, I don't need to name him. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, like, my last bit as well, on top of that, from my point of view as, like, functional um, athlete, now I've started doing competitions and things like that. Like, 
I want everyone to be natural and on, on a level playing field. So like, because at the level I'm at at the moment, there's people there's not going to be any kind of testing. When I was playing rugby at the level I was at, even though it was like national two, there's still no testing. But you knew when people were on it. And yeah. You're like hundred percent. Yeah, I can I can relate to that massively. You've got like yeah. a you've got like a hundred kilo bloke running straight at you at playing rugby. <laughs> and you're like this isn't fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's not fair. See, I mean, that's that's another angle to come at. I mean, I don't mind people taking it as long as they are in a federation where other people are taking it yeah, and it is allowed. Well, it's because essentially, you. then it's unfair, but it's an unfair living playing field for one. Yeah. So everyone's using stuff, but then it's your ability to use the stuff better than the person you're competing against. Yeah. I mean, I'm very percent hope the people are true to their world and natural, but there's always a little bit of being skeptical. I mean, you can't trust everyone. I mean, in the ideal world you would, and everyone would just be lovely, but people do like to take shortcuts. Do you know what I mean? And it's not, that's quite a bad thing to say shortcuts because lots of people still train hard, but yeah, but (laughs) yeah, I think shortcut is the right word. Like you still have to work hard, but you're going to get there quicker than someone who isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. Thanks for backing me up. <laughs> well, we're, we're on the same page. I'll back you up on that one. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll call it on that one. I think we've uh, like laid out what we both think. We're both like pretty similar on that one. Um, if you want to do it, do yeah, it. But be safe. Um, yeah, be safe is the biggest one. I yeah, mean, I mean, do, do it get your blood reasons. work done. Get your blood work done because. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? Get someone who knows how to understand your bloods and what natural, what normal levels are, yeah. and then you can go from there. I mean, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> right, we'll leave it there. I think we could do this for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so the next question, um, primarily we're going to aim this one at you because it's like your, more your field, but I'm going to chip in because obviously I've done it before. I've done it for my own vanity reasons. Um so how do you keep disciplined uh, when cutting or when you're losing weight? Um, I mean, it's a tough one, this, because the kind of the current situation that we or everyone or our clients are in, uh, motivation is becoming less and less intrinsic because of, say, social media and so on. I mean, I'm guilty of this as well, is the motivation we have is now to please other people and their view of us. Yeah. So I think before you start a dieting phase, it is not going to be easy because you don't see people. uh, Well, my version of dieted may be very different to some people's. I mean, I'm meaning lean here. So it's not going to be easy at all. Um, So you need to define why you're doing what you want to do. Like, do you actually want to do it? Yeah. Because there's going to be days where it will get really tough. I mean, the the leanest I got, I was on 1,500 calories at around 94 kilograms. And that's not enough food. No. That's not <laughs> enough food. That period. Good. That's not enough food, period. <laughs> but it, at the end of the day, it is my decision. Yeah. I can stop doing that at any time. So there's no point in me sitting around and moaning about it because it's your choice. I've signed up for this. This, this is my choice. I can just go and eat. I could go and eat 2,000 calories of healthy food and be not necessarily fine, but. It's not going to impact anyone. I think another big thing with motivation is you've got to have an end date. Right. Okay. There's got to be a date where you stop 
a diet because you can't cut for your whole life. No. It's just, if you're in a permanent state of dieting, it's just not good for your body. I mean, I've been guilty of this before. I mean, I lost so much weight when I was younger because I was just an angry teenager and I just dieted and I didn't have an end date. So I just kept losing weight and I can see this with people online. They just keep cutting, keep cutting. And that is why your motivation is, is dipping because you can't stay in a deficit forever. It's just not healthy for you. It, I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that. The best thing to do is set a date, say yeah, I kind of agree, two weeks. Agree with that. Like, yeah. I, I'd always like, again, I, mine would be very like classic. Oh, I'm going away for holiday. So I want to like shred up a little bit. That would always be my reason. But then that's always my end date is always like yeah. that two or three days before the holidays. All right, all right, I'm stopping there. I'll go enjoy myself and then I'll come back and put it back on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, end dates are massive because otherwise, what are you actually working towards? Yeah. You're just dieting for the sake of dieting. And then it becomes very self-obsessed, very kind of, then you can get into a very bad mindset. I mean, where you're starting to doubt yourself because you will gradually fade. Like if we're talking about natural athletes here or general population, you will begin to look worse the more you diet. Like that is a general rule of thumb. Um, because your body will just fade away. I mean, I've been guilty of it before. I mean, I, it was two years ago. And I think it was about 16, 17 weeks. Yeah. We had to take a lot of fat off. And I mean, by the end of that, didn't know who I was anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a tough one. I mean, and I, I say to a lot of my clients is, <clears throat> okay, so you want to die out. You want to lose a bit of body fat and say gain muscle. Uh why are you doing this? I mean, you've got to, I've, I've heard Mark Coles talk about it and he called it, you need to find your pain. So you need to find the pain of why you want to lose that weight. You can't just, you can't just be, gold just can't be, I want to lose weight. Yeah. Cause that's be just, reason. that's just, that's just something you're not, you haven't got an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So for example, you could say, I want to lose weight so I can feel better at my, about myself in clothes for the summer. Much better. Now you're attaching an emotion to it and it's going to mean something to you on those days where you want to go out for Nando's or you want to have more than two pints or yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. You need to make, you need, yeah, there needs to be like a flow of this pain in a way. It's quite a dark way of looking at it, but yeah, it stayed with me massively deep, because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty deep. But Mark Cole speaks a lot of sense on something. He does, yeah. <laughs> he does know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, but yeah I, mean, I like that. That's like, about end, end date and yeah. having a proper purpose to it. Yeah, purpose is massive because, like, yeah, as I said. Yeah, no, I like that. That's good. Two good ones. Um, Perfect. So next one. Um, so the question originally um, is breaking a plateau in Olympic lifting. Um, obviously, I'm going to field that one, but then I'm going to pass it back over to you, just like plateaus in general. Um, yeah. So, like Olympic lifting for me. Uh, a, it is extremely frustrating um, sometimes. Sometimes you just cannot seem to get past like a, a weight or your technique just feels sloppy and slow and you just, it is really, really frustrating sometimes. Um, I hit plateaus all the time, it just, just happens. Um, so like the best kind of way that I always found with breaking that was a two two ways a stripping it back so stripping the stripping the weight back and just focusing purely on positioning speed under the bar and your power output so 
hip contact and things like that, especially with uh, snatch. Um, so going back and just practicing with a lighter weight, just making sure that you're hitting all those three things. So you, you um, positioning, speed, and power. Just building that up. Maybe take two, three weeks of not lifting heavy, just going back and doing that. Uh, and then the other one for me was uh, accessories. So like smashing your accessories. If you're feeling weak when you're catching a snatch, then go back and work on overhead squat. Or if you're feeling weak at that kind of initial pull phase, go back and do snatch grip deadlifts. There are so many different accessories that you can do for like one second's worth of the snatch. You can go back and do like three different exercises to make that one second feel uh, more comfortable. So yeah, like for me, like I get that quite a lot, and with clients as well, they get a bit frustrated. So we always we'll strip it back, um, and we'll go right. This is where you're feeling frustrated. We'll find an accessory for that, and then we'll just work that for a couple of weeks. Just build that strength up, and then when you come to do it again, just feel comfortable. I think that's a really interesting one from your kind of camp because because technique in those lifts is that extra three kilograms or four kilograms or five kilograms that is absolutely massive because yeah. you're in such a compromised position i mean some of the some of the shapes you guys pull is madness so like yeah i, I completely relate to it i mean i follow a very similar kind of thought process but obviously our lifts tend to be less advanced i mean probably the hardest lift we'll do will probably be an rdl yeah but that RDL will be perfect execution and the weight will be a lot heavier oh, yeah. because we're not doing as much uh, range of motion as you. So we'd follow a reset. Well, I would follow kind of a reset protocol as well, which is kind of like you said about just stripping it back, maybe taking that 20 kilograms off because I'm trying to, I tell all my clients like we want to progressively overload, but a lot of their mindset then becomes right. I will progressively overload at all costs. Yeah. Every week. So the yeah, form I'll, I'll will slightly go. Week. Yeah. Yeah. When form slightly goes, the muscles won't actually be overloading, so you will plateau because, say, your back just can't take any more of that. So by resetting and actually feeling it in the muscles we're meant to be feeling it, you can then I'll kind of term it like proper progression. So we're going backwards to then properly progress forwards. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't work, I'd be looking at a deload maybe, but I'd base a deload off of kind of all up collect it wouldn't just be on about exercises stalling um yeah, in general in general fatigue if sleeps out if they're feeling really hungry tired lethargic and if everything else is stalling not necessarily just one lift as in your camp no, like the whole program if, ev if everything if in the so if the prime movement in every day of their session was regressing or stalling we'd look at a deload, whether that was an active deload or just time away from the gym. I mean, right, okay. for me, it's time away from the gym, 100%. I mean, I just need a break from that intensity. Okay. Like, yeah. just kind of three days off, four days off, see how that goes. I mean, there's also the option to rotate exercises. I mean, I normally give clients two rotations in their program just so they're getting the the chance to progress different lifts for the same muscle, if you get yeah. what I mean. So there'll be machines, different variations. So there's more chance for progression and less chance for stalling because they're only hitting that exercise once every two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so say the like RDLs 
on a Monday, rotation one, they'll only be doing that again on week three. So they're, so they're not actually rinsing that movement. They're hitting the muscles and the pattern the same, but they're not actually rinsing that movement. Yeah, there's less chance for them to kind of, like we, like we just said, a bit of them just trying to smash the weight every week and hitting that. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I mean, then the, probably the last chance is, the last chance saloon is probably change programs. I'd write them a new program. Um, that's like the last thing you, you, do, you do like a deload first yeah. and go through all that deload first a couple more weeks and then if they were really i mean you can if you're doing it properly you can stick to a program for a long time yeah. and you probably know that because you so so don't try and come up with all these excuses if you just want a new program just ask yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i have no problem yeah i think you just nailed that me. one <laughs> Yeah, just tell me, don't don't because your data's saying that you're absolutely fine, and you say you've stalled. Mm, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. think, yeah it's, it's like they don't know we've got data and we can see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't send me videos every week. Yeah, so. exactly. It's, like, it's not like I know you've put on twenty kilos in in exactly. uh, squat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. No, that, that answers that one well. Nice. All uh, right. So, quick, quickish one now. Um, what? is we'll go you first and me uh so what is your favorite um exercise or group of exercise exercises that you perform um so my favorite exercise probably at the moment following my last session is probably a pull variation so just introduce deadlifts from the floor so either a deadlift or rdl is by far my favorite exercise yeah just for the fact i can shift a lot of unit, uh weight and I've, the connection I get with pulling, I don't know why, because I'm quite a tall. I'm not built for weightlifting, but it just feels amazing. And then second to that is probably a cuffed lateral raise. Just yeah. the the pump. The pump is <laughs> on the wood. Just chase the pump, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Nice. Uh, so easy number one is uh, snatch. I, there's, I don't know what it is about if you connect with a good, it's been a while since I connected with a good snatch, but um, if, you, if you connect with a good snatch, hip contact and then sit under it, you kind of, you know you've hit it when it's like above your head and you can you can just start smiling and stand it back up. Um, yeah, I, I can, I, when I see people hit, like I'm very impressed by Olympic weightlifting and when you see people hit a proper snatch, it is unbelievable. Yeah, just like the, the I'm amount no, of I'm whip and then that, they can but it's sit like, in that open yeah. position. <laughs> it's just sitting oh, under it and they, they I, sit I, under it of like 250 kilos above their head and they're like, yeah, and they yeah, just I've get it up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, like one day I'd love to be able to do that. <laughs> that, that yeah, it is. I've still got a long way to go, but it, that's that's my favorite. And then. Uh, <laughs> uh, I should really say clean, but I'm gonna have to say bench press. I love bench pressing. <laughs> Really? How yeah. tall are you? Uh, six foot. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, don't I can't. Bench press is probably the bottom of my list. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not, <laughs> like I said, I'm not so very good at it. I just enjoy doing it. <laughs> you just enjoy doing yeah, it. Yeah. That's do, the inner do, bro coming out. Yeah, that's right. that's from starting <laughs> as bro and then going to this. I still keep that on the back burners. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Like, like, right. Quick question done then. So last one, uh, and then we're signing off. Um, so this is coming I've done a podcast on this last episode um, and the question is uh, do you think functional fitness will continue to get um, as big as it is and the reason the reason I did my podcast last time was obviously 
from from my point of view anyway like the in the, the side of the industry i'm in um i just see it growing all the time things like the crossfit games and then all these different functional competitions that are cropping up and now <coughs> looking at the big chain gyms like um pure gym um is it uh i can't remember what's the other one obviously uh, dw fitness and things like that they're all starting to bring in these uh functional areas so like they're all putting yeah. lifting platforms in they're all putting uh like areas to do olympic weightlifting but then um like sled pushes and stuff like that i think a lot of them had it before but they weren't really being used or encouraged but now yeah um yeah i so i i think it's going to get a lot bigger i think there's always going to be that traditional the traditional bodybuilding kind of stuff the general pop uh fitness stuff but then i think the functional fitness stuff is going to kind of find a middle ground between the two of them um mm. I think that's kind of well from my point of view I think that's kind of the way it's going because um I think it's a lot of people see it as a bit more fun if that makes sense to Yeah kind of I mean I can agree with you on that I mean I, what I one of my notes that I got down with it is the functional fitness from what I see is a, is much, it's a lot about community Yeah so there is a big community of it whichever gym you go to I mean I'm in Bath so there's a, is it an F45? Is that a CrossFit? Yeah, that, that James that, Haskell, the rugby player, owns it. Yeah, Haskell, yeah. So, like, that's got a massive community. And now the DW that I'm at has got a great, uh, massive CrossFit community as well. And, I mean, I think for a lot, I see it attracting a lot of general population as well, just because the crossover is very quick. Yeah, exactly. So, so you push a sledge along with the kind of community aspect that will, keep their adherence all the way through so i think yeah i think it's only gonna get bigger and bigger i mean america is absolutely massive isn't it oh yeah crossfit in america is a different level um the 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 way like the crossfit now i because i first did crossfit about three years ago like tried it out um then went back to uni um but i always Uh found it to be like you say community but back then i always thought it was like a literally a, a cult um the like the group I was oh, yeah. with, like it was, it was a cult of people. But now that functional fitness has come outside of CrossFit, basically the people who don't want to pay the affiliate fee, um, yeah, now yeah. it feels yeah. a lot more of a community. <laughs> so, it you, like the um, the gym I'm at, um, I work at. We, we obviously we're not affiliated. We don't call it CrossFit. We call it well, we just call it S and C, um, because yeah. purely affording the affiliation for three thousand dollars a year is just not it's not feasible um yeah but that and i think that's quite cheeky yeah like that growth coming out of it <laughs> is just like taking the cult status away from it and now it's like you say more gen pop coming in and it's just more of a family where people come in have fun but then they'll go out and have a beer afterwards so it's more yeah like it's, it's interesting because like when i so i had a knee surgery so i had a full knee reconstruction and for the my rehab, my physio then said, well, I can't do any more with you. You need to go and do this. So we need to CrossFit one-to-one. And I absolutely loved that for a time. And I can imagine I'll go full circle. So when I stop caring about growing muscle and yeah. care about more about health and my longevity as a human, which at the end of the day should be at the bottom line of everyone's workout. Yeah, it should be, but not all the time. <laughs> should be, but it's not all the time. Um, I would definitely go back. I mean... The way people move, I think movement's fascinating. And the, so, like you said, move is incredible. And I think moving forward as you get older, I think that's got to be at the forefront of your mind because 
I see lots of people not being able to move when they're older, and that's just something I yeah, really don't want for myself. Yeah, I don't want to not be able to walk upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Like we'll be in a wheelchair and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I think, like you said, it's only going to keep growing. I think it could. I think it could overtake bodybuilding. I think bodybuilding is going backwards a little bit, like assisted bodybuilding, but natural bodybuilding is going up. It all goes in ebbs and flows. Yeah, it does. That's what I mean. I, so I think like we'll over the next five maybe. years, it will go up and then go back down again. And like you say, something else will come and then Come out with something different. And then, yeah, it's interesting though to watch it because obviously you've been in the game for a while now as well. So you kind of see what comes in and out of quote-unquote fashion. Yeah. So we'll all see who's here at the end of it. And then yeah, we'll exactly. Yeah, like I say, when I, when I first started training, like CrossFit wasn't a thing at all in the UK, but now it's just getting bigger and bigger every year um and the bigger brands brands yeah. like brands like knocko who have come out of nowhere obviously yeah. they're a european brand but they've come over to the uk and they're doing quite well based around that kind yeah. of um fitness stuff functions yeah yeah so yeah i i, 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 I am with you i think i think it's gonna get bigger uh i think i'm just interested to see where it's gonna go <laughs> yeah because there's no there's no uh kind of champion in terms of say like crossfit what's that sorry is there, you know, the CrossFit Games games in America, is there kind of a UK equivalent? No, nah, so the CrossFit Games is worldwide. Um, yeah. So, like, what they've done now is they split it up. Um, so there are sanctional events um, that get you qualification to the CrossFit Games. Uh, the UK one is uh, Strength in Depth. That's in London. Um, so that's oh, yeah. like, yeah, that's like the UK Championship. And then the winner of that goes to the World Championships, almost. <laughs> Interesting, yeah big old stage oh yeah it's huge and like i say when when you go over to america a lot of these like british athletes and european that aren't used to it they go over there and they just see how much bigger it is over there yeah amazing yeah different game (laughs) right Uh, right. that is all of us sorted mate um i say gone for all the questions hopefully uh you enjoyed your podcast with uh, us i thoroughly enjoyed it it. thanks very much um like I say, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll put all of your uh, social media, website stuff in the description, so everyone go check you out, and uh, I'll speak to you soon, mate. Perfect. Thank you very much. No problem. See you later. See you later.